Hey, listening friends, I'm your host and coach, Laura Malone. As an entrepreneur and leader, wife and mom, teacher and creator, I am showing up to share possibility with you and help you find vision and wisdom because you deserve to be equipped and released as the hero of your own story. Coaching really does help you change your life. And if you want to know how to guide yourself and others well, I created this podcast just for you. It's a place where you can grab tools, teachings, and ideas for both personal and spiritual growth, as well as entrepreneurship and coaching, if that's your thing. So as you listen in, I pray I can help you create a legacy of impact and really start writing the story of a life you love living. Now let's jump into today's episode. Okay, here we are, part two of tips on building your friendships and your significant other relationships. So the first one, it was just too long, so I broke it up in two for you, and I hope you enjoy the rest of these tips. I encourage you to just pick a couple of them to give some focus to, maybe do a little extra research on, and start implementing some of these things. Pick some simple ones if you need to, but try them out in different relationships and see what's working, what seems to make an impact with the people in your life. All right, bless you, friend. Okay, so picking up where we left off, relationships are just so nuanced. There's just so much dimension to them. It's, again, why I like the Enneagram, so that you can really understand more about yourself. It just gives you language and then helps you if you're aware of the other person's, you know, kind of dominant belief systems and life narrative. It helps you have a little more of a language for who they are. And then there's just so many there's great books and authors and podcasts and so many ways for you to say, oh, this is how me as a nine will get along with you as a seven. These are the places we keep hiccuping. We keep bouncing into each other. And then these are the ways that when we get into this space, we flow really well, right? So it's kind of like being in a river when you're in a relationship. Sometimes you hit a rock and sometimes you're flowing. It's just nice and easy and you know, you're even, you've got a floating cooler so you guys can have like lunch as you go on down the river. And then other times like a branch smacks you on the head or there's rapids or there's a really massive Niagara waterfall you guys fall over. Sometimes you're ahead of them. Sometimes you're behind them and it can be a scary ride and it's never just a straight line. It's always moving. It's wiggling. (laughs) And then the rains come and then the storm comes and the waters get really big. (laughs) So relationships can be messy, but they are, uh, can also just be miraculous and magical in your life, right? Um, Be intentional about getting to know other people's foundations and become a question asker and get really curious. That is going to be such a power strategy. Make it a superpower that you ask questions when you're talking more than you're talking about yourself and answering questions. If you're with somebody who asks you a lot of questions, make sure every question you ask is reciprocated with a question about them, not necessarily answer question format. Maybe they ask you a few questions and they ask you three or four questions and you're answering, eventually turn back around and counter with three or four questions. It's important to involve other people to bring them into the conversation. This is um, connectivity, okay? This is important that you're not the only one 
in the conversation. And again, kind of that 80-20 scale, giving 80%, letting the scale tip towards somebody else and just having, creating expectancy that it will be good. The other 20% will actually feel like it's abundant and overflowing. In episode number uh, 92, I talked about an expectation handbook. Please go listen to that and think about how you are expecting all of these different people in your relationships to be what your handbook about them tells you they should be, what they should do, how they should treat you, all the things. And I also talk about having a, a journal of expectancy and living from a place of expectancy that God works everything together for good, that he is for you, you have a future and a hope, as opposed to an expectation of exactly when and how and what should happen according to you, because that sets you up for disappointment. But expectancy of good, that sets you up for a supernatural lifestyle. Okay, next intentionality about serving and impacting others in a beneficial, fruitful way. So in front of you, all of these people need a champion. How can you champion them? How can you help them succeed? How can you encourage and edify them? Want the best for them based on their desires, not your own, and learn how to put their interests ahead of yours. Okay, especially... I think about that as a parent. It's something that I did for a long, 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 long time. And then I got fatigued and I was like, what about me? Nobody's championing me. Nobody's encouraging me. I'm just seriously like undergirding everybody else's dreams. Maybe you have a job where you work for somebody else and you're like, what about me? I have dreams. I have a job. I wanna I want to build a business, but I'm just working to build everybody else's, you know, bank account. Well, it's Uh, in a relationship that matters to you, putting their interests ahead of your own is really important. But again, this comes to that balance between being others-focused and self-focused. There is a place and a time for both. So ensure that you're actually processing in that way and, and thinking, okay, it's important to impact them and benefit other people, but also have boundaries and I communicate and let them know that I could use the same, right? And do you have empathy for the people around you? Can you feel and be with them rather than only feeling for them? There's a difference than, um, uh, there used to be a song, I can't remember who, named, who sang it. It was some, a woman named Christy something, and it was something about, I'm going to sit with you in your house while your house is burning down. I'm going to sit with you while the house is burning down around you. And instead of standing on the, the street and looking at somebody and feeling for them that their house is burning down, what if you sat with them and felt with them about their house burning down? And you, like that is a scary, vulnerable place to go. Yes, you could go home and ignore the whole thing and not pay attention to the people in your life, what they're going through. But when you choose to go be with somebody, instead of just feeling for them, you know, uh, sympathy or pity, go be with them and experience empathy and compassion. It is a really beautiful connector. And it's really important in all of the significant other relationships that you have. Be an active listener, not a person who sits there 
and you're really thinking about everything else but what's being said. Become an active listener. You want other people to do that for you. So remember, everybody else needs that from you in a relationship. Respecting differences. I don't know. This is probably, yes, we just need to move on to another episode, (laughs) but it's so hard. It's so hard to respect the differences between us. We love to make others and the world around us in our image. We want that. It makes it seem like it would be easier, but they keep not being just like us. So the longer we have an expectation that they would be like us, the more disappointed and um, funky we get, right? We get reactive when that's happening. So when you can have an intentional respect for people who are different than you, which is, by the way, everybody, and when you can honor people who are not like you, then you do the entire world a service. You're acting like Jesus. Think about what it feels like to be judged by other people when they don't like, feel, or believe what you do. And how often are you doing this to others? How is this showing up in your marriage? How is it showing up with your teenagers or your adult children? How is it showing up at work? How is it showing up at church? Yes, that's another um, podcast as a whole. Okay, and pay attention to what other people are needing in a conversation. Do you need me? Uh, You can ask them, do you need me to listen quietly to share my feedback and thoughts, to help you solve a problem, or to empathize with you emotionally. What if you asked all of the people who come to you and start talking about a situation in their life that question? You want me to listen, give you my thoughts, solve something, or empathize? It's super important as your kids grow into like an older age and stage where they want less of your thoughts and solutions unless they specifically ask for them. So consider uh, maybe in those kinds of relationships, your spouse comes to you and says, "Um, I'm really struggling today. I want to tell it like, can I talk about what happened? Maybe what they need for you to do first is just to listen quietly And then you can offer, like, would you like me to, would you, do you want my thoughts right now on that? Do you want me to help you solve something, fix something? Or are you looking for me to, like, would you like comfort and emotional support, right? What they need and what they think they need when they first start talking might shift. I think I've even talked about this in another episode. So they may say, I just want you to listen, but then down the road say, what do you think? Do you agree with me? And maybe if you agree with that with them, they want you to keep talking. If you disagree, maybe they um, need to take a phone call, right? Or maybe they get a wider perspective because you did not see it the way they saw it. And then that says, well, how, what do I do about it? They want you to solve a problem. I encourage you to, po- to pose the situation in a way that they have the opportunity to invite you to give them feedback as opposed to you forcing it upon them. It's kind of like you never coach somebody without their permission. And we do that a lot. It's easy to do with um, in relationships around us. It's easy to start coaching somebody. I do it all the time. I have to check myself. But it's easy to start coaching somebody who didn't ask to be coached. 
In the same way, it's easy to start solving a problem for somebody who didn't ask you for a, a, a solution or to share your thoughts. Nobody asked for it. <laughs> so fun. I know you're, you're really happy. And if you've stuck with me this far, good for you. Here we go. <laughs> um, I told you how long list of ways to level up relationally. So I'm going to also just want to talk about renewing a relationship. You've So you've been in a friendship or a marriage or whatever for a, a long time, or you've, you know, you hired somebody or you work for somebody and you've, it's been a while, right? And then you start feeling a little disgruntled, like this isn't what I wanted all those years ago, or they're different now. How can you choose this person again? What's that look like? Especially if you've become different people over the course of years, how can you respect their changes and growth and actually accept them and say, well, I'm different too, and they're still putting up with me? (laughs) So how do you actually choose this person as who they are right now because they're a gift in your life, right? And, you know, it's just important to really clearly communicate about your own growth over the years And ask questions, get curious about how this person you've been in a relationship with for a while, how have they changed? What what do they believe about themselves? Like actually dig into it. Go on a curiosity date with your, um, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your spouse, whatever. Go ask them like, how do you think you're different from 10 years ago, 40 years ago? And what's happened inside of you? Because I only have my perspective. I'm interested in what you think has changed and fall in love with that person, you know, decide that you want to be with the person who you have and what a blessing they are, but communicate and learn who they are now, learn their languages and learn how to more clearly state what you want and need and feel. And especially in long-term relationships, try to focus less on criticism and focusing on what you don't care for, and reframe your thoughts into appreciation. Learn to think about ahead of time what your person, what what you like about your person, what you appreciate about them, and then equip yourself with the idea before you need to be able to say what you like or appreciate about them, right? Um, Equip yourself with the idea before you say it. So maybe when you see your friend, you think ahead of time of a way that you can encourage her or him. Maybe when your spouse comes home from work, you can already be equipped with what you want to say that's encouraging about what you like about them or appreciate about them. So remember that you can actually express what you think and feel verbally and non-verbally. So even if you appreciate them taking the trash, but you're on the phone, right? Instead of saying like, thank you so much. I appreciate that you take out the trash for me. Smile at them. Know that your nonverbal cues are being absorbed by the people around you. Think about it like this. If somebody was to actually ask you what you love about them or what you, you know, why you love them, what you like, what would you say? And just go ahead and arm yourself with this knowledge and think on it more than what you think about what you don't like. You know, actually setting your thoughts, uh, setting your mind on things above, it flows into your relationships. 
So what do you like about them? What are you grateful for? Set your thoughts on that and it's going to give your relationship a super powered boost because that's what you're focused on. And remember that saying that you love somebody doesn't actually make them feel loved simply by just saying it. There, It has to correlate with actions and behaviors, um, nonverbal communication, it the, the way that they feel loved, the physical touch, the edific- like encouragement, encouraging words, the quality time is really important, gift giving, and acts of service. Those are the five love languages. Think about how you can incorporate the way they receive love along with I love you, or maybe add to I love you by saying I love you, good night, I can't wait to talk with you in the morning. Can't wait to have coffee with you in the morning. I love you, sweetie. Goodbye. Have a great day at work. Have a great day at school. Can't wait for you to come home and we can reconnect, like whatever, your way. But figure out how you can um, identify how they receive love and intentionally prepare yourself to be able to give it in, in the way that they receive it. And also remember that in a significant other relationship, you both bring histories. Yes, so you're going to come with baggage. What you have to do in a relationship, especially in a marriage, you come together, you both have baggage, right? Full, overflowing baggage. Together, you get to learn how to empty that baggage out. So now you have empty, clean luggage. It's normal to have luggage. What's not very healthy is to have overflowing, heavy baggage. Two different things. And that's something that you actually get to walk out together inside of a relationship, okay? Um, Trust is, I don't know, just one of those major things. And there's a book that's gonna be linked in the uh, show notes that talks about the five C's. Trusting each other. Um, I trust you to honor commitments. I trust your competence. I trust that you'll be consistent. I trust you to have good character. And I trust you to take courage and be courageous. And this book is called Relational Intelligence. It's the five essential skills you need to build life-changing relationships. And I haven't read the whole book, but some of the concept of it is, is comes back to the, these five C's of trust, which I, I really love the commitments, competence, consistency, character, and courage, like that I think can flow into so many things, not just our relationships. But I just wanted to throw that in there because trust is such an important part of a relationship. And I feel like the author of this book really kind of helps break down trust into these five areas. So you could read that book and check that out more. Uh, Another thing is just acting in the opposite spirit. So when somebody, you know, like Jesus says, if, you know, if they're going to smack you on one cheek, give them the other. Well, I relate that by like somebody might smack you in the cheek with, with their words, right? Well, turning the other cheek is acting in the opposite. So what is the opposite? And maybe even you're smacking somebody in the cheek with your words, If you recognize that, the way to counter it is to discover the opposite and practice that. So decide who you will be, how you will operate in the opposite spirit of anything that is harmful to other people. 
And if it's being harmful to you, you can act in the opposite spirit. If you're being harmful to others, you can act in the opposite spirit. This is a measure of taking responsibility and becoming somebody who you want to be, right? So what is it that is not making people around you feel loved that you're doing? Are you controlling and dividing instead of comforting and bonding, right? If that's happening, then think about intentionally what's the opposite and begin to put it into practice. You're not going to be perfect overnight. You're not going to all of a sudden be somebody who's never sarcastic just because this one person gets their feelings hurt when you think you're being funny, okay? It's going to take some time. You will have to practice controlling yourself and that will that will slowly shift. You will slowly recognize like this is not the right person. They don't take it that way. It doesn't feel loving to them. So instead of being sarcastic with them, I am going to intentionally be gentle and practice that. You might need to be around people who are gentle so you can find an example and replicate it. You can mimic the gentleness in other people's characters because now you see what it looks like to do it, right? All right, so obviously I'm going to put some links for books in there. Um, Good Boundaries and Good Buys. I haven't read that one yet, but it's on my list. Lisa Turkhurst. Boundaries and Necessary Endings by Dr. Henry Cloud. Gary Chapman's books, Love Languages and Apology Languages and all the languages he talks about, I love. There's also um, a book called The Go-Giver. And it's a great book about being a giving person, being the kind of person who is interested in pouring out. And it flows into other things, the go-giver influencer, the go-giver leader, the go-giver marriage. And it's got, it's just basically around some simple concepts and kind of laid out like a parable and a story, you know, so you can um, kind of pull from it what is, what's going to be highlighted to you. And because that's what uh, parables and like, uh, sorry, what's the word? Um analogy. It's not the right word. Anyway, let's stick with parable. The ability for a story to express a moral of the story without being very specific about something. So a story that impacts you, but you know, you just find yourself reflected in it. And so I love books like that. And then again, relational intelligence, super powerful. Um, I make no guarantees about the contents of these books. And if they are somewhat offensive to you in any way, I don't know. I'm not saying they are. I'm saying, again, with all the resources I recommend, I'm not guaranteeing that they align completely with your faith or your expectations or um, your moral code and your values. I'm not, not saying that, but I say, go learn how to absorb things and spit out the bones, right? And... I bless you. You're leveling up. If you, especially if you've made it this far with me into this episode through all of these level up episodes, you are on a path. Your soul is being sparked to life. You're going to start making fires that level up your life in all of these areas. It's going to overflow and it's going to create a more wholehearted life for you as you pursue growth and personal development and character and transformation with the Holy Spirit. So I bless you. 
Thank you for listening. Um, I would appreciate a, a review on Apple Podcasts. It was always really, really helpful. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. All things are possible. I so appreciate you as a listener. And if you are looking for a community of like-hearted believers who love all things coaching, be sure to jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group. Do you think you might be called to become a certified Sterling and Stone Life Coach? We'll learn more about the Greenhouse course where you can get trained in just 10 weeks to start building the foundation of your coaching practice. All the links you need are in the show notes. Happy story making.